was put down to speak on this date before it was really uh, known that today was the date of the announcement. And perhaps you weren't with us this morning and you did not hear the announcement. But if you didn't hear the announcement, I wonder what she's talking about. But if you didn't hear the announcement, please go to the 10 a.m. service this morning. It is so most wonderfully and fully explained um, when Pastor Carter says that he is transitioning from being um, senior pastor here at Times Square Church to another role and another season in his life. And we are so delighted and excited that the new senior pastor at Times Square Church starting March uh, May 10th will be Tim Delina, Pastor Tim Delina. And although it can sound sudden to you, it has been in prayed about and um, considered for a long, long time. And um, uh, we have known certain people of us, we've known it quite a while, but I think that this day a little bit caught me unawares because I've been so busy at Summit that it suddenly dawned on me, this is the day. And um, so I'm, um, I'm feeling it today. Um, I'm not known to be the crier, but um, I know you will forgive me if um, I just want to be able to. I said to Pastor Carlos, I honestly, I can't preach a sermon. I can't preach a sermon. And he goes, that's fine. Just, um, you know, share what, what it is that you want to share at this day and this time. And um, so I'm going to do that. And um, thank you. We're going to sort of pause today before we proceed. It's all good what's coming, but this is a little bit of a pause. There is a scripture in Ezra. You don't need to turn there, but it talks about in Ezra 3.13. It says, the noise of the shout from the people and the noise of the weeping of the people. And the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard from afar off. And it kind of described a time in Israel's history when God was moving in their midst and taking them forward, bringing them back into the promised land and great things were happening. But at the same time, there was, the, the people were in a time and a place where they were remembering the things past and looking forward. And there was that noise of the shout of joy and the noise of the weeping. And it was a loud shout and people could hear it all over. And I think that's a shout of faith that God is producing in us. And, it, and today is a strange mixture of the joy and the weeping. You know, it doesn't happen like this very often, where you see the passing of a lit torch from one pastor to another. You don't see that very often when the senior pastor is not voted out, tired out, unloved out, driven out. He's being led out. And that is an amazing thing, and that's an amazing legacy. And this church, I think, 33 years old, and it's only had two pastors, and now on the verge of having three. And I think this kind of being led out was a legacy. It happened with Pastor David when one day he just turned to Pastor Carter, who had come in as an associate pastor, and he just turned to him and said, you're ready now. 
And he, what he meant was it's a passing of the torch to you. He, Pastor Dave told Pastor Carter, the Lord has told me to put honor on you and you are now my pastor. And so without competition, envy, or guile, a senior pastor with still the roar and the shout of a lion in his spirit knew that God was leading him out to the nations to be able to speak to pastors all over this world. And he was entrusting this house to the younger man, to Pastor Carter. And with it, he said, I didn't bring you here. The Holy Spirit brought you here. And the Holy Spirit's going to guide you. And with that, I, under, I know that Pastor Carter understood, you don't take this church forward by looking in the rearview mirror. That the Holy Spirit would lead. And he has led. And now it is amazing, but we are privileged to see this again. Whereas some congregations never in their lifetime do they see a God-ordained, God-led transfer where there hasn't been some catastrophe around it. But no, it is a lit torch passing. It is of the Holy Spirit. It is God leading you. It is God leading us. And even though we can stop for a minute and say, um, this is a poignant moment. It's, it is for me. And being able to pause with you just to remember a few things. I just want to say that not many men step back out of a place of a very prominent pulpit. In a place that the world is watching in full stride at the height of his powers. Not many men do that. But Pastor Carter is doing that. Pastor David did that. And it's all been a blessing for the kingdom of God and a blessing for the people that he has led. This is really a Abraham journey of faith moment. And I want to say many times, Abraham, you know, Abraham was called the father of the faith. And fathers... Fathers do what's best for the congregation. Pastor Carter knew that with the call on his life and the increasing open doors, who was going to pastor you properly? Who would lead you along in faith? And of course, the, the, the Lord, when he is following, Pastor Carter is following the Lord. You know, when you follow God and you are not, you're willing to follow where he leads, God speaks to you. And he heard who his successor would be. It says, if any man serve me, let him follow me. If you want to serve me, you have to follow me. So many times we don't see that coupling together. But I do want to say that Pastor Tim Delina is God's choice. But it, I do get a wonderful opportunity right now to say thank you, Pastor Patrick and Rosa, Thank you, Pastor David and Tara and family. have been here 
And the good news is they're not going anywhere. They have married people, buried people, and walked through this congregation in the counseling with the young people. They have been nothing but an exemplary example of servant leadership. And um, they have been nothing but an inspiration to us personally. Um, thank God they are staying. Thank God that these men of God will be here in the days ahead. There, there's much more we can say about them, and we will say more in the weeks to come. I do also want to thank the elders, all the ministry leaders of this church, the beloved choir behind me, everybody that shares this platform with us. What, what a joy. What a joy. Full of memories. It's been so awesome. Elders, you, only God knows what you mean to us and to me. Hearing you so many times on the phone praying and taking your place as praying men and women. And um, I thank you so much. But again, I know there will be another time that we can properly say what we feel. You know, 26 years ago when I came here, I was so shy. I wore flowered dresses. I looked so young. I was so Canadian. But God touched me here. He touched me and changed me in this place. Because the presence of God is here and the word of God is here. I received a call here. Now I'm not shy. I wear black and I'm a proud New Yorker. I used to sit over there, the fourth row. Oh, Sister Ngozi's in my spot. Now she's in her spot. You know, in 2001... Pastor David, after the towers fell and uh, Pastor David came back and it became very obvious to him that God was calling him out and to the nations and gave him an open door. And that's when he was speaking to Pastor Carter. But one day he actually called me into his office and he said to me, are you ready? And when he said that, I knew exactly what he meant. Normally the shy, full of fear person would have stammered and uh, not wanted to fully take that question on, but I did because the grace of God and it was the moment that God was leading me on a path of following him. And when he went, are you ready? And I knew that he meant the pulpit. I knew that because in 1995, I spoke my first sermon here. It was called Surrender to Crucified Love. Of course, in those days you just shared and it was on a Friday night. Before I went out and spoke, Pastor David was in the back room praying with everybody that goes out to speak. And before he, he bowed his head, and I remember it distinctly, lifted his head up, and he looked at me and he went, there's power in this room. And when he said that, it was exactly what I needed to hear. I was so full of, uh, I was shy. I was full of the fear of man. I, I, I didn't see myself stepping out here and taking up a microphone to speak. But after I spoke, he said to me, 
this pulpit is open to you. And so began a long journey of really of him speaking and, and Pastor Carter speaking to me and saying that, um, yes, you, you, we hear God in you. We bear witness that God has actually called you. In 1999, I delivered a sermon where God broke the fear of man off me right in the middle of the sermon. Stepped out of that and uh, it was amazing. There are so many changes on our horizon and they're all good. But one thing that won't change, I still am and will always be a mother in Zion in this place. And when I look back over the years, some of you were still here when we used to do missions trips and we would go out in the early days, the very first ones, we'd go all over the world and bonded. I have so many fond memories. 1997 was the start of Friday night Bible school. Um, the first night that, uh, that I led that, a thousand people showed up. I just about had a heart attack. <laughs> we didn't know where to put everybody. You know, as I look back and I wonder what does following God look like, I just want to tell you because, you know, this is a call on your life as well as ours. What are some of the many reactions that you can have as you're following the will of God in your life and his leading? And I remember, and Pastor Carter shared with it briefly, but I remember in the early days when he was just a policeman and I was a housewife, and the, God began to stir and speak to our heart as we would pray and be in his word. And then it became evident that God was calling him to leave police work to go to full time. I was so afraid as it was shared that he was not going to say yes to God. I was so afraid. But you know, God is gracious and he, he's long suffering. And as shared this morning, God doesn't say, all right, you got two hours to make up your mind whether you're following me or not. No, God works with our fears. He works with our resistance. He works with our good arguments. He works because he loves us. And he walks step by step with us. And he doesn't go away. And he doesn't change his mind. And he's so gracious and faithful to us. And in that time where Pastor Carter was deciding, I was like, oh, God, let it be yes, although ultimately it would have to be his yes. And so I just saying that to say that there were times even when he said and we said yes to that call in our life, there were times where we had decided, we had to decide that month whether we were going to heat the house or eat. So it was heat or eat. Because you see, we were a little flock of 13 people and while as long as we had jobs, we were the biggest tithers in that group of 13 people. But when we left to go full-time into ministry, you know, now the congregation's down to 11 and uh, it really was a walk of faith. And they were lean years, but they, we learned so much about a walk of faith in those times. And beloved, don't look in your pockets and don't look to people around you, the left and right. If God is calling you, he will be, he'll make it known to you in ways that you know it's him. I remember when he said that our finances, they were a bit like a bumblebee. They shouldn't fly, but they did. In fact, one time when nothing was adding up, the Lord told him, close the ledger book. I've got this and I've got you. 
And that wasn't being irresponsible because he really is a ledger guy that keeps everything going. But it was like, no, you see, you keep your eyes on me. You have to, your job is to follow me. My job is to take care of you. And that's what happened. There were times it seems like when we didn't have very much, it was those were the years that God asked us to give the most liberally. There was a time that God said, empty your bank account and buy a pastor a car. And we did it. Although Pastor Carter often tells the story, the devil went every step of the way to, with him to the bank. <laughs> but when you obey God, you are flooded with joy. You are flooded with confidence when you do that. And I think that, that those early years, there were so many great lessons, impossible lessons, but God was with us. So if the Lord has, you know, he's nudging you something and, and you are going, you want to make very rational, you know, does this make sense, beloved? Keep looking up. Your direction is up and the Lord will lead you in his word. He'll lead you through prayer. He'll lead you through confirmations. He'll lead you with peace in your heart. He will lead you. And you're, you're a blessed person if you will follow. So we can be so persuaded when we go to follow God. Then we were a call to New York. And I haven't told this story very often. But um, about a year before uh, Pastor David called, uh, in New, when we were in Canada, um, we had heard one or two David Wilkerson tapes. Remember the cassette tapes? Remember those? Those things, yeah. <laughs> So um, a pastor in Canada had given us these tapes, and one was called um, The Redeemer is Coming to Zion. And I remember it was the first time I had ever heard David Wilkerson preach. And when I heard him, it was, it was like the, the spirit was, it was like, I, I've heard this before. And I realized that it was my own husband preaching. They were very different men, but they had the same spirit. And I was so moved by this man's preaching that I found out he was coming to Canada. He was going to um, come to Toronto. So I begged my friend. She was a mother of two. I was a mother of three. And I said, will you come to Toronto? We live five hours away. Will you come to Toronto with me to hear this man called David Wilkerson preach? And, and um, do you think that while we're there, we could fast the whole time? Now, if you take two single moms, uh, two moms, not single. I was not single. <laughs> Two moms, five kids between us, and you get a chance to go four hours away and stay two nights on a conference. You might think eating is high on the list. But I said, would you fast with me? And she goes, why? And I didn't want to tell her, but here was, I'm telling you the truth. Here's why. I feel like God had a secret with me, but I didn't know what it was. And I would feel this joy bubble up inside me that God has this secret, and I, but I didn't know what it was. So I thought, you know, if we go and fast, you know, maybe God will reveal this secret. It brought joy, but I didn't know what it was. So she said, yes, God bless her. And we, we drove to Toronto, and we were at this conference for two days, and it was secret. And night one, Pastor Dave gets up, and he goes, I just want you to know, I'm never coming back to Canada again. And everyone goes, <gasps> and they all drew back. It's like, have we sinned? <laughs> like what, what? And he goes, because God has called me to start a church in New York City. And I'm going to start it in Times Square. And he started speaking like this. And I remember being like, I was just like, that's like amazing. And when he gave the altar call, I was the first out down to the front. And I remember he came over to me and I was the very first one. And he put his hand on 
on my head and he goes, oh God, he goes, deliver her from pride. <laughs> in front of everybody, I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. I thought he was gonna reveal the secret. <laughs> I went home still like God's got a secret, never knowing actually Times Square Church was our future. Hallelujah. Um, you know the story, but in 1991, uh, it's been told many times before, but Pastor Carter was preaching a message when a prayer becomes a cry, and he told me the whole time he was speaking it, the word, the name David Wilkerson kept coming to him. Three years later, our phone rang. It was Pastor David. He said, I've heard a tape, and I'm asking to see if your husband can come to New York to preach one night on a Tuesday night. And I said to him, what was the name of the tape? And he said, when a prayer becomes a cry. And um, I knew, like I knew it was like a knife went right inside me, and it like it turned, and I went, this is not this call is significant. Your life, I knew, I knew our life was changing. So I said to him, all right, he'll be there. <laughs> Without asking Pastor Carter. And he goes, um, are you his booking agent? That's what he asked me. <laughs> said, no, no, actually I'm his wife. So that's another way you can be led by God because it's like, it's like the secrets get revealed and you can get so excited. It's like you know like you know it's God. You can be so sure. Another time at the, the school when, um, and it was told this morning where um, I was just going to be at the school a short time when, I, when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and that this school, he, he told me that, I said, Lord, if you're asking me to lead a school, why would you want, why does the U.S. need another Bible school? Why do we need another Bible school? What's in your heart for this school? And he, he began to speak to me so deeply and clearly that he was going to define ministry as living for the benefit of others. It's not a title. You take a towel and you serve. And, and that people were going to get spiritually free there. And young people are going to have a desire to be useful and work and, and come back to the church, not disappear behind screens and become visible and become that spiritual army. And it was amazing. The, thank you, that one person. That was, thank you. <laughs> the interesting thing that um, Pastor Carter shared that for that season, he knew, he knew when it was the Holy Spirit speaking in me, like I knew when it, I trusted the voice of God in him. But the interesting thing is, at that moment, he had to see it through my eyes. God had spoken to me, and he had to trust that and see it through my eyes what he was doing. And it, it, I was sure, and for him, that was... All right, I, I, you have a history with God. We've had a history with God. I trust that. Now we come to this journey. And now I'm seeing all this through the eyes of my husband. For as surely as when I told him, starting Summit, I said I was made for this. I heard his very own words come back to me. That I have a call to the nations. I have a burden for prayer. God wants to send a spiritual revival to this nation, that it really is a mercy moment 
that you and I can believe for a spiritual awakening. Not that we deserve it. We are a nation that has sinned against light. But that when, you, when you're in the word and your prayer, God can speak to you secret things. And so I know he was made for this. And so this is where we're at. We can be, you can, you can at times be so persuaded or so sure, but there can be other times that you're a bit like Abraham and Sarah, that you know God is speaking to you. And it's going to take everything within you because you don't have it mapped out. You don't know what the next step looks like, except that you are being, you ha- it doesn't make sense in the natural, but you're asking God for courage and strength to keep listening. You're asking for courage and strength to take the next step, to step out of a place of comfort, almost like a home and travel into a foreign land. Because God calls it a promised land. Because those that follow him and will obey him will be led into their promised land. It's not a future that's all mapped out. But we know the best is yet to come. For you, for us. Following God is not always easy, beloved. It can sometimes be exciting. It can sometimes be amazing. It's not always easy. That scripture that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, the rod is the picture of what the Lord fights our enemies with. And the rod is the picture of where he keeps drawing us continually closer to him. I've got you. You have to depend on me to make these next few steps of faith. You have to depend on me because it is not a mapped out road. But I will be faithful to you because he who will serve me will follow me. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Ivory reminded me today of when I said something that always struck with her. And that is when God, we say, God, can God, the question, can God trust you to trust him? Can God trust you to trust him? When you don't have the map, it's not all laid out. But beloved, I can tell you, you change on the God journey. You change on the God journey. You know, we are welcoming Pastor Tim with open arms. He's God's choice. And he is going to lead us into the future. And God is faithful. And sometimes in following God, you have peace. Sometimes in following God, you have to find peace. Sometimes in following God, you have to seek peace. But there is a peace. It's so important to do that because... The Bible says that the peace of God will rule your hearts and mind. See, peace has authority. Peace has the ability to rule. Rule over the lies of the enemy. Rule over the fear of our own heart. Rule over everything that seems to come against us. God has designed us that you and I would have a kind of peace that can rule our hearts and minds. 
And sometimes we have it, sometimes we have to find it, and sometimes we have to seek for it. But it's a promise made to all of us when we step out to follow the will of God for our lives. Don't think it's some strange and thing that belongs only to people who stand on this platform. I can assure you that at the crossroads of your life, and even at the hidden moments of your life, God is willing to lead you. God wants to lead you. It's actually a sign that we are children of God because we can be led by the Spirit of God. I know Pastor Carter would say, follow me as I follow Christ. I think he's making a bold declaration when he's saying, I want to be an example for you and a path to follow. And I was thinking just before I came out, when it, in Romans it was describing Abraham. And he said, who against hope believed in hope? When there was no hope, this man of God could have hope. When everything would come against him, that the promise that he would be the father of many nations... And that so shall your seed be. And when Abraham had nothing even closely resembling the promise of God. In fact, he even said to God, I have Ishmael. If you're looking for a son, I have a son. And God said, no, that's not, that's not the son of promise. That's not what I promised you. Don't settle for it. Don't be deceived by it. That's of your own making. You have to set aside what's of your own making. Because the plan that I have for you doesn't just mean that you will be blessed. But you, through you, the nations shall be blessed. And Abraham, Abraham could be so easily staggered by that. And it says that... And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. And Abraham is the father of faith and in us who are in Christ, we have the same spiritual DNA. We have the same ability as we let God lead us and the same spirit that could give him hope when there was no hope. That you and I will be characterized by a buoyancy and a hope in us when everything grows darker, more scary, and less reason to keep our reason. God is going to put up those that will follow him. He will lead us into hope when there should be no hope. And when there's no reason to believe him, something in us born of the spirit will say, my God, you are faithful. Because I remember your testimony of faithful with, with me all the days of my life. Now, God, don't let me fail now. Don't let me when I've got at a crossroads and I've come to a crossroads. Let it be a crossroad. Let me apply the cross to my own will. Let me apply the cross to what I think should happen. Let me apply your cross to every part of flesh and reason that wants to lead me when it's time to trust you. When it's time to believe you, God, let it truly be a crossroads at me. Because when he did that, he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. But what did he do? Being fully persuaded that he who had promised would be able to perform. He was being, what by following God and not 
being able to say, God, I am yours to lead. I give my life to follow. And because that, that father of the faith had that ability to do that, God met him and put in him an unusual faith that God was growing in him. And he became fully persuaded that he who promised, he who made the promises would be able to perform every promise. And that's what's happening here. This is what we are seeing before our eyes. Not, it is for you. That in the days ahead, you will be encouraged to follow God in your serving him. We want to many times serve him on our terms, but God says, no, the serving me is letting me lead you. When I went through a very hard time in my life where the seeds of faith were being planted in my heart and the fears would rage and I was very unhappy where I found myself spiritually, where I found myself physically, where I found everything about my life. There was a time in my life I did not love my life. But I didn't understand how deeply I was being tested Tested to the sense God was just saying, would you give this to me? Would me give me everything about your life? I love you. And you're stubborn. And you want to know, but it's not at this season for you to know. It's for you to trust me. Now get in your word and I will speak to you. Get down on your knees and I will hear you. And so... I bought a sign, not a sign, a scripture, uh, not a scripture verse. I just saw this in a gift shop and I actually nailed it onto my living room wall. And it said this, whenever I would find myself in that living room, walking up and down, up and down that living room, wringing my hands. Have you guys ever been at a stage of hand wringing in your faith? Wringing my hands. Fear bigger than faith. And I would look up and I remember and it said, God gives the best to those who leave the choice to him. How true that is. You can put about six scriptures under that that say that. But God gives the best to those who leave the choice to him. And so, beloved... I just want to say that uh, I love you. And um, I know the best is yet to come. And we go together. We grow in faith and trust. And we're going to encourage each other. There are down days and that's okay. There are good days. That's even better. We go together. God is faithful. And if we will be led, we will, by him, we will be led into places of victory and miracles and a mighty awakening in this city. Let's go together. We love you. Thank you. You know, I said to Pastor Teresa this, this week, if, if I end up, if every door ahead of me closes, 
and I end up driving a tractor and cutting grass out at Summit. I have this consolation. I have obeyed God. And to me, that's all that matters. We think that ministry always has to go up and up and bigger and bigger, and somehow success is involving crowds and bigger crowds and more crowds. But in the kingdom of God, ministry gets bigger when we get lower. The Son of God himself at the Last Supper took a towel and girded himself. And people were so taken aback by it that uh, the Apostle Peter says, No, no, not me. Not me. David Wilkerson once said to me, he said, Carter, if you want to know the power of God, find the lowest seat in the house and sit there, and you will know the power of God. Certain words that were spoken over the years that I will never forget. And there's such a peace in the, in the heart that we don't have to figure out this journey. We just have to say yes. When he leads, we follow. And if we all can learn to do that, it would be amazing where God will lead us. He can't lead a proud person through a door into where he wants to take us because we will fill it with our own plans and we will destroy everything of God. He can only take us when we've gotten to the place where we just say, Lord, not my will, but thine. And it's no longer just something we study and write down in a notebook somewhere, but it's written in our hearts now. Lord, not my will, but thine. So Father, thank you for the sharing today and how it so deeply touched us and Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Teresa. Thank you, God, for her willingness uh, to hear you, to love you. I mean, she just took us on a journey today of her own walk with you and the highlights and the, and the lowlights, Lord, and places where you've taken her. And God, in, indeed, the best is yet to come. You have so much more than we can even imagine. It doesn't always come the way we think it's going to come. Comes your way, Lord. So give us the grace, Lord, to put down our plans and our visions and the things we think our lives should be, and let give us the grace to let you lead us, Lord. And I thank you. And I'd like to give an altar call. I'm going to ask Pastor Teresa to come back and and pray for you. But the altar call is really simple. It goes like this: Where He leads me, I will follow. Just slip out wherever you are, if that's your heart. Where he leads, may I will follow. Where he leads, may I will follow. I'll go with him, with him all the way. Where he
Father, I pray the anointing of David upon us with a heart after you. Lord, I thank you that you could lead David in so many places and they didn't have to make sense to him. You could lead him, Lord, when times were so tough he never lost his worship. When it got so tough and he was running for his own life, he never gave up hope that you loved him, that you were with him, and every promise you had made him, you were going to be faithful to perform it. Lord, I pray for the same grace to be persuaded. We asked for a persuading to come upon us, oh God, because then, Lord, we will follow. We, Lord, we give you places of fear, places of resistance, places where it's so hard for us to take the next step into trust. But you don't condemn us, you love us. And you've come to take us by the hand, your crucified hand in our hand, and to lead us, Lord, into a place that actually brings freedom into a place that actually brings victory, into a place of a fulfilled heart, one full of joy and peace. And Lord, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear evil or what man can do to us because we know you are with us. So I just pray, oh God, that whatever is the hindrance to being led by you, you know all about it. And you, you gave yourself for us, that you would forgive us and fill us with your spirit. That as we look to you, we can take the next step, knowing we are loved and we will live. And I just thank you for what you're doing. Lord, may this church be characterized by people who follow you every way you lead. Let the anointing of David be upon all those, this congregation and this group of people and especially and we thank you for it. And all God's people who are receiving this word, this prophetic word, this scriptural word, that are receiving it. I pray, Lord, we can just lift our hands up, receive it, believe it, oh God. And you get all the glory for us following you, what you're going to do uh, in our lives and the many lives around us, Lord, that are going to be touched because we're saying yes to being led by you. In the might, and those that are being led by God will be filled by the Spirit of God. He will not leave us alone. He goes with us in a miraculous way. And all God's people that are receiving this prayer said, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.